Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to the Nile or Nine podcast. It is nice to have you all back. Um, what? I don't know what I'm saying. And, Hi, and everybody. In, in, it's summer. In your hearts. We'd in like to hearts. think we're returning to your hearts. Yeah, Hello. it's been a couple of weeks. We're, Hi, everyone. I have sweated a lot in the last month or three weeks since I saw you last. There's been a lot of sweating because I've been in hot places and also uh, I'm a hot boy. So it <laughs> keeps happening. And we were just talking about I mean, sweltering heat today, even at, at home. We're very happy. The temperature is it? I mean, it's seventeen degrees. I don't know if I can do seventeen degrees. It's very muggy. It's very close today. It's very close. It's very close. Very beers close. That um, voice you can hear there, of course, is Andrea Cleary. Hi, Andrea. Hi, and that other one is Niall Byrne. Hi, Niall. Hello. Um, yeah, so we thought we'd have a bit of more of a casual chat, um, seeing it is summer. Everybody is on is in summer season mode, and we've been on holidays and That's having good times and being to festivals, and it's the way it should be, to be honest. So yeah, yeah we're gonna we're gonna basically check in with what's been happening in, in our worlds of music and uh, the wider world in general. Uh, later on, we'll be talking about uh, running up that hill and Kate Bush and. It's sudden resurgence uh, due to Stranger Things. Um, but also, we will start with, um, well, there's, I mean, there's something you want to talk about first, isn't there? Something very important. Yeah. Harry, Harry Styles at FICO with a Tower Records bag full of Guinness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much to say about it, except that it was nice to see. Um uh, does it make Matt, you, Matt, you Matt Damon who? Matt Damon caught rotting. I'm not going to the gig. No, the tickets were very expensive and I'm not a famous enough journalist to be given a free ticket. Um, so no, unfortunately. I, I actually there. severely doubt that. And I think you should just, you, you need to throw your weight around a bit more. I know, I know. Yeah, I was, very, oh, we'll, we'll talk about Body and Soul in a few minutes, but I was bringing my friend Nadia to Body and Soul um, and we're in her kitchen getting ready to go. Um, and she was like, 
<laughs> she turned around and was like, uh, here, um, Harry Styles tickets never emerged. What, what's the story there? And her boyfriend overheard this and walked into the kitchen and was like, she's bringing you to Body and Soul for free and you're bringing up Harry Styles right now. And I was like, do you know what? It's actually completely fair enough. Um, and I, I let her down. I let myself down and I let the fans down. But... Um, <laughs> I listened to a lot of Harry Styles today, so it's fine. And I've just been looking at the pics of him down doing his swimming with his old Tower Records bag and very happy for him. Yeah. Just delighted. Mean, happy for Tower Records as well, because I'm sure there'll be loads of loads of gals going in looking to see, did he sign any records or anything? Yeah. You know, um, they are great bags for, for carrying a heavy load, including uh, cans of uh, Nitro Surge Guinness, I'm sure. They <laughs> are. It, they're very good. And you can... You, you can fit a good six LPs in those Tower Record bags. You can, yeah. Um, they're good. Tower Records, job. if you wanted to ever do a sponsorship, just do get in touch. We are. Well, they have. Available. They have before. <laughs> well, we're we're still here. <laughs> it is possible. Um, it is possible. Har- easy Harry break. goes before Harry goes to the VV. Goes down for a bit bit of a swim. So yeah, and I like that he went to Vico, which is definitely like the hipper area. Like he didn't go to the forty foot. No, is that where? Did 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 Matt Damon go to the forty foot? Uh, Matt Damon also went to Vico. I think. Did he go to Vico? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I get the mix up. Which on is also it's score. technically a nudie spot, but I don't think either of them got nudie. Okay, no one got nude yeah. as far as we know. No, I saw, I once saw a nudie man there, um, and that was the day I learned it was a nudie spot. So <laughs> Very good. But anyway, that's that's Harry Styles. Um, but I mean, the bulk of what we're going to talk about today is you and I have been very busy. Um, yeah. You more so than me, uh, but we've both been to, a f- you've been to a festival and a half, and I've been to one festival. Uh, excuse me, I've been festival. three festivals. What's your other festival? Uh, Forbidden Fruit, I was at Forbidden Fruit as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I'm not getting Body and Soul as a festival for you, because you didn't camp. Oh, I was there for a full six hours. <laughs> yeah, that's not, no, no. Unless to, you've got back pain, you weren't I, at Body and Soul. <laughs> I do actually have back I attended... <laughs> three different festivals in the last three weeks so you did you did it is, so it is you, nice you kick it. off then what was the first one you went to okay so yeah well i went to forbidden fruit because i live nearby and uh you know um it had a great lineup there was some great stuff on it i uh, started i mean i went did i go both days yeah i went saturday and sunday um it was all just really easy to do a much younger crowd obviously than uh previously uh, a lot of people who bought their tickets obviously had bought them in the last couple of years um i really enjoyed the buzz saturday was absolutely beautiful the weather was uh, was a cracker and they as we know with irish festivals and we get on to later with the next festival i'll talk about you know uh having a dependable weather day is hugely mm. important and uh it's great. It's absolutely great. I really enjoyed the buzz down there. I really enjoyed, uh, well, Bicep were the big main stage headliner and they have a big, I actually saw them on the next festival. So maybe I'll, I'll leave it for both of them. So um, they were great. Uh, saw a bit of Kojak, saw a bit of For Those I Love, um, Logic 1000. I saw Lord, yeah, and well, that was a Sunday, so I really enjoyed that. Couldn't get near Peggy Goo. Lord was great, actually. You know, I think she's got. Yeah. Uh, she had a bit of, uh, you know, negativity around uh, her recent live performance because maybe she shushed somebody once or something. I don't know if that's how how uh, much no, we should okay. be talking about that thing. So you maybe you know you can set the well, record what, straight. What on she Lord. did was she was singing, um, and her fans were like screaming back at her her lyrics and then she shushed them so that she could sing the next bit on her own and then when she went to sing the next bit on her own she did it 
quite poorly. Um, and then that went viral and right. so it was all very funny. Okay. So did she Basically, mind that, was that they were singing that was it, or did she? Uh, it, it was kind of like, it's hard to get a read on like what her motivation was for shushing them. But I think it was like, no, 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 I, I'm going to sing this bit because this bit's like a really important part of the song and right. I don't want you screaming it. Kind of hard to dictate at a live gig, you know? Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, it was, I, I think the general consensus that it was an odd thing to do. Yeah. Um, well. Which I definitely agree with. She was very charming um, at Forbidden yep. Fruit on the Sunday. You know, it was one of those things where the Sunday was quite, not quite as nice as the Saturday weather-wise. It rained an awful mm. lot. It stopped during her set, I think. But um, it was just a really nice set. You know, she was very talkative. She very warm. Um, the the stage setup that she has is, is lovely. It's, um, you know, everyone's dressed in kind of like a mustardy color. And there's lots, there's like a big like a pulley system in the middle and it rotates and uh, there's a lot of uh, silhouetting and uh, all the band do a lot of silhouetting and stuff like that. So mm. it was really cool. It was really cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, and so that was great. So in a way, I kind of got to see a couple of things that I, I thought I would see at the next festival, which I was going to a few days later um, at Barcelona. So that was Primavera Sound, of course. Uh, so I was at week two. As you know, most people, uh, <laughs> certainly in our Discord anyway, uh, I feel like everyone we know and everyone I knew, there was two sets of friends groups that I knew who were going. Uh, a lot of my friends went to the weekend one. So we were getting a lot of that uh, weekend one, um, day one um, news feedback. And, and feedback about what people were what it was like on the ground. I mean, by all accounts, the day one was an absolute shit show for everyone. It after coming a few days after the Dublin airport fiasco, where people were queuing for hours and hours and hours on the Sunday, um, that week, um, it was a bit of big concern for everyone that, you know, it was like, everyone was just like, well, nothing works anymore. The world yeah. doesn't work anymore. People don't know how to do festivals anymore. They don't know how to do flights anymore. They don't know how to do security anymore. So there was a bit of a worry for that, I think, at the time. But actually, the day one issues were ironed out straight away. I think the Primavera Sound uh, week one um, comms on day one were quite poor. But mm. there, there are a number of issues that were brought up. I think a lot of them were basically sorted. But I think a, a lot of it actually, and I don't think they've said this, but day one, there was a lot of people there to see the likes of, I think it was Town Pala, and there was another big act that day, um, which everyone seemed to, maybe it was the Strokes actually, did the Strokes cancel day one? Strokes cancelled uh, the first weekend, yeah. Yeah, so uh, there was a lot of day people in, I think, uh, day tickets, and I think they oversold mm. that, and that led to like the worrying things where, you know, areas where people were uh, feeling there was crushes actually, in the smaller yeah. stages and, and a lack of water as well in that heat yeah well there's water. the water thing is something i have a problem with because certainly at week two it was the only issue that i found um across the site um, as in you you still found it difficult to get water yeah though it you know mm. it's down to being not well uh signposted or signed at all and yeah they they did add some water points but what six water points for 100,000 people is not really a lot, especially when they're no. not even, and even they're not even really on the than map that, properly. Soul, like. Yeah. I mean, it's just not enough. It's not enough water. No. Um, so you ended up, every time you go into the bar, you'd buy, um, you know, a two euro can of water because it was impossible to find water anywhere else. and it, Or just where it was. Like at one point, there's, 
Well, I guess, I mean, I basically, let me, before I get to that, let's just say, uh, weekend one, a lot of the stuff will seem to be ironed out very easily. Um, and we will actually share some of uh, the, our pals in the Discord uh, group, the 99 Discord, some of their experiences as well on that. So they can speak more to that as well. But I know from my friends who were there, um, certainly one of them, some of them felt like, depends where you were. The big stages were more massive, but some of the smaller stages um, like somebody said there was a crush at Sharon Von Etten, which shouldn't be happening, you know, no. like an act like that. It shouldn't be happening. Um, so those kind of things. But I think and apparently they did uh, turn their bars around very quickly. I think they actually hired a because the queues were quite large on day one and they hired a whole new company to run it. But it does, you know, there it speaks to the issues. Like, um, I guess let's just talk about the music first then in terms of what I experienced anyway. I've been, this is my fifth time at Preavera Sound at Barcelona. Um, I saw, as I mentioned, I saw Bicep again. Um, the site is absolutely massive. We're talking, you know, 100,000 people across a, a site that stretches across, you know, kind of three or four distinct areas. And one of those areas is quite far away over a bridge. In previous years, you could access the bridge. Uh, this year, it was for VIPs only. So that was kind of unusual because that meant, you know, first of all, you weren't be able to run between these two different areas, which meant that you weren't going, you weren't going to see the likes of, if you're in one place, say you wanted to go see, you're at Yulipa, but you maybe wanted to see the end of, of Charlie XCX. You, it just wasn't going to happen. There's no way. Mm. There was a lot of that kind of things where you're like, you just have to pick and choose what you're going to see. And, and I actually didn't mind that this year because I was there kind of i wasn't in work mode i was in there to enjoy myself i was there with pals i and they weren't pushy on what we wanted to see in particular um but the big two there's two big main stages i saw ended up spending a lot of time there and i would rather spend some time in the smaller stages so i ended up running from the big main stages which people called mordor in previous years too and what they've done this year is um rather than have them back to front uh, or or uh, different ends of a football field essentially they put them side by side as one structure and then they mm. put a vip stage right in front of that uh like i, I couldn't tell you how many meters back but far enough that it was blocking uh viewing for anyone who's in the middle uh at the mm. back of this of this field and that essentially means you're just watching a big screen instead of actually experiencing the gig. So we found ourselves moving left and right uh, to the extremes of each stage because they would just swap over within five minutes. Yeah. And but then that go. would affect the sound as well. Like if you're yeah, I found the, the sound was pretty poor then. there. Overall, yeah. I saw like Run the Jewels there, who were, again, one of my highlights. Uh, I saw Julie put there. Uh, who was great. Megan Thee Stallion was brilliant. <laughs> A lot of fun. Uh, MIA was surprisingly fun. Um pretty much an assault of of MIA tunes and uh I wouldn't uh, be surprised that MIA was fun. Yeah, no, no, and I'm not surprised. I just, I, she was very good. Like uh I think I just really enjoyed the set. And then even Gorillas, I enjoyed that. I though, you know, other people, Saz in the in the Discord group says week one was quite different. She was actually at both. Um and then among that there was like I was looking for some of the smaller stuff. Couldn't get near uh, the boiler room stage without a long, long queue. Um we saw, I saw a Jay Electronica on the first, the, literally the first thing I saw when I came in with Jay Electronica, who did clearly didn't want to be there. And he played mm. like four songs. He played a song off Donda. He played, he started doing a Jay Dilla tribute and then he played a, a West Side Gun track. And then he finally did a verse, but he was kept like talking to the crowd and stopping the songs and all this kind of stuff. And you know, this is kind of standard 
like rap artist stuff a lot of the time, but <laughs> he got into the crowd at one point and started started doing the Jay Dilla thing. Then he got back up and then he seemed a bit like annoyed. So instead he just goes, all right, everyone just come up here. And you just see this tech guy running out on stage going, no, 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 to everybody. Oh, and all of a sudden there's like 300 people on the stage and you're like, well, he's not coming out again. <laughs> so, I mean, we just left that one, but it was kind of like he was just trying to get to his allotted 20 minutes contracted time and then he mm. would get paid. It felt a bit like that. Um yeah, I mean, I didn't have any major issues uh, across the week. There was a whole other area um, which I spent a lot of the late evenings in, seeing the likes of Daniel Avery um, going out for, I saw a bit of mall grab, I saw Romy from the XX. We had a lovely, on the last day, on the Saturday, we had some spritzes on the beach uh, while Romy was playing and, and sat on sat on the beach on some deck chairs. So that was lovely. It was nice to do those kind of things. And mm. I left the festival every morning at 7 a.m. So, you know, it's like... I went hard on it and uh, and I think we were we were lucky enough in terms of transport because it is far enough away. It's about it could be on the metro and be on half an hour or 50 minutes or 45 minutes. The one time I got the metro home, <laughs> we had queued for ages and then we got on it and was like, I don't know where to get off. <laughs> so we were like, oh, no. we still ended up walking a half an hour from where we were. But I heard worse stories. I was talking to someone who was staying two hours walk away and they walked home on the first night. Um, oh, God. You know, like Barcelona is a, a great city to be in. You get a lot of time there to uh, hang out. I went to my favorite tapas place, Cal Pep, twice in one week, which was great. And then I did a lot of walking. My phone told me I did 80 kilometers of walking in that week. Wow. So it was great buzz. Um, and then, you know, I think just generally, you know, being in a festival which has 32 degrees sun most of the time, but we are not going to the evening until like... You know, you're not going to seven or eight at least at the, to the mm. festival, which goes on till finishes at half six or seven. So you kind of get the like nice warm atmosphere that never dips and you never need a jacket kind of thing. And I think it's just you never get that never gets old. It never gets old. It mm. never gets old to be like just always warm and always feeling good. But like I said, I think in terms of organizational stuff, there were some things that didn't work for me. There was an area called Bits, which is where uh, some of the bigger stages like Dice and Two Swear, which is where a lot of the late night stuff like Daniel Avery and Mall Crab and a lot of the um, the more dancey area um, music was. And it was just too far away generally, but we did end up there a lot of times. There was a lot of uh, poor communication around this thing that they had on the Sunday. Not that I was going to make it really, but thing called brunch on the beach um, brunch on the beach i saw yeah. a lot of angry mm. people and i will say as as awfully as i think that was run and how bad it was that people thought they had a ticket for it and then didn't i think that's, the thing. I, that's poor. I, I did i did find it very funny that there was very serious conversations happening online about something called brunch on the beach like yeah. it's, it's, it's a bit hard to kind of where's my brunch on the beach like it did, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, I'm I'm with the ticket holders on this one, but it was it was a bit hard to kind of like take the whole thing too seriously. Yeah, I guess but so. Yeah. Well, the thing called but brunch that, in, that the, sucked in the park. Though. Well, apparently it's a very family friendly event, and I just think they communicated very poorly on that, as they did a lot during week one when they when they didn't kind of respond quickly enough about the water. Mm. But I think it got to a point with week one where people were just piling on the festival at some point, uh, like because everyone else was. I saw sure. some guy. So there's a natural amphitheater stage there, which is it's a lovely place. It's a great place to see. Bicep was on there. Um, the DJ Coco uh, closing set, which is like a real cheesy DJ set with uh, like 
the DJ literally starts playing uh, Run Up That Hill and then just like finishes with Journey, Don't Stop Believing. In between is playing right. like Katy Perry fireworks while fireworks goes off. You're like, this is gas. Oh, just a little yeah. like, like we- wedding stage. Like a wedding DJ stage. He does it every oh, year. Sometimes you need that. Yeah, he does the, <laughs> does the closing set every year and it's just like, it's for everyone that's left and, and flagging maybe a bit. And Aww. there's plenty of people there and it was great fun. It was really nice. But uh I think that stage, I saw somebody at weekend one on Twitter when I was when I was kind of getting worried about going to weekend two, and I was like, mm. "God, what's actually going on?" And when I asked my friend, pals, they were all like, "Well, I didn't actually experience anything bad." And then another was like, "Well, we made some decisions based off how quiet the stage was, not going to somewhere really busy." So, you know, those are considerations that people had who actually paid tickets for a festival and had to wait two years, um, and that's yeah, unfortunate. that's disappointing. But then the guy I saw who was given out was like. Um, he posted a video from this amphitheater and it's an, it's a big amphitheater and uh, there's quite a lot of, uh, like a big space in front of it where people can stand from the stage, but you can also hang back. And it's one of the mm. nice things actually about Primavera's is that you can kind of sit on these steps that go all the way down to, and it's not that high, but I saw some guy, he was like, Primavera, what are you going to do about this? This is, these steps, people could fall on someone and, and there could be, you could have a domino effect and then, then there would be an awful accident. And you're like, those oh, steps have been there for 20 years. That would be awful if Yeah, people happened, now have to walk up and didn't. down stairs. Like, it happens all the time. Like, it's, you're yeah. not going to create a cannonball effect down the stairs, a concrete <laughs> stairs. You're just not. And it's been there yeah. for 20 years and it's very safe and I've never seen any issues there. And it's just like sure. that kind of like people pile on everything. But weekend two, I have to say, they did turn around very quickly. Um, I think the water points definitely is a sore point for me. Um, I would uh i there was one point at the start of primavera bits when we came in and they were giving away free water but they were taking the caps off as well and i just think that's really cheeky and i saw uh and also no, but that's war- awful because you can't refill those bottles and then exactly. each of those bottles is just yeah so you could same then. with the fest coming into the fest so you could bring in a t- uh 330 cl bottle mm. uh but without a cap so it's like but yeah, everyone just put caps in their pockets it's fine but yeah. like it's just oh, a bit can silly I ask, like, can i ask as well um if you were to get a beer what what were you giving your beer in did you have like reusable cups or anything yeah they're reusable those, cups those um the reusable cups but they don't do i guess the only thing which is the bar situation is very bizarre really and the more like it's been like this every year i've been there but you kind of put it down to this you know barcelona continental catalan uh vibe that they have but sure. when you, when you, it, so basically, you know, on an Irish festival, you go up to the bar, there's a big queue system and there's pre-poured points. You get your points and then you leave. Uh, <laughs> a primavera, what happens is everyone piles into the bar like it's a nightclub in 1995. Oh God. Yeah. And, and then there's just loads of people who are like, sometimes some, they did actually have a few bars that had pre-poured points, but most of the time it wasn't. It was just you might order three or four drinks from one person and they'd wander up and down this long bar, getting your drinks, going, pouring the pints, getting your gin and tonic or whatever it is. Mm. And you're like, lads, this is a wildly inefficient system. And I just (laughs) can't understand why a festival which has international renown and, you know, is had loads of Americans, loads of Irish, loads of English, loads of Europeans all over, huge, is, is now building out from Primavera to to play across the world and do festivals in LA, LA and stuff like that. So yeah. I can't understand why they have this system. And I think it has to be just down to uh, a cultural thing that's local that they just, it doesn't make sense. That's not how you yeah. make money for your or, brands, if, if that's a concern for you. Or, or, so they just poorly make it easier. Cho- or they poorly chose like 
who they outsource the bar thing. Yeah, well, like I said, apparently they they, they got a new provider on day two to run the bars and that was Mm. a lot better. But still, you know, it falls back on that system. But maybe it's because, you know, they have more bars in general and I didn't find it that bad really on weekend two. Certainly, I was nowhere near 45 minutes, like five to six minutes for a queue for a bar. Or maybe, no, maybe 15 was probably the most you'd you'd queue for a bar there. But um, anyway, it was just one of those things you notice, you're like, this is not the way to run uh like let somebody irish in at this and they'll sort us out immediately yeah do you know yeah, what i mean we're yeah. very good at that and we're, it's also we're very good at making sure people get their points as quickly as possible yeah absolutely, absolutely. we are good and, at that yeah and yeah i think the other thing for me yeah the the free water yes there was some free water but it was also like sitting out in the warm sun so when you did get it sometimes you were like well this is just warm and i'm not drinking this you know what i mean mm. so i think any any festival talks about sustainability these days which you know everyone all the festivals have to and doesn't that you bring in your own water bottle? There's something missing there. I think there's something. No, that's there. ridiculous. Yeah, no, I fully agree. And I mean, I was completely spoiled at body and soul for that. I mean, any any festival I go to now in the future has a lot to live up to uh, when it comes to sustainability. Because truly, I was so so impressed with body and soul this year. Um, Had you been before? Yeah, yeah, I'd been before when it was about 20 or 25,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, so this year it was brought back to 5,000 people. They said that they were completely rethinking what kind of festival it was going to be. Um, a full commitment to sustainability. I think the, the Leave No Trace campsite was brought up to either 70 or 80% with the other 20 or 30 being the general camping. Um no single use plastics allowed into the camp, like in anywhere. It was just, you know, you bring your water bottle, you can bring your cans, no glass or whatever. Um, so everything you brought in had to be brought home with you. And anything that you bought there was 100% compostable or reusable, like the reusable cups. So on the first day, we got a drink pay one extra euro for the cup and then that's your cup for the weekend you reuse it and then they ask you not to bring it home to return it at the end so that they the cups can be used again at other festivals or next year or they can be kind of used at different events uh, which I just thought was such a brilliant idea and everyone was happy about it and because they have a free flow system as well everyone you can bring your own alcohol into like the arena area from the campsite there's no um I, I remember going to electric picnic years ago and you weren't allowed to bring your campsite alcohol into the main arena to encourage you to like buy at the bars. So it meant that there was no queues for any bar. Um, I mean, on the Saturday night, there's a, there's a body and soul, I think it's just called the body and soul bar near the main stage, um, beside yeah. the beacon stage. And like, I looked over and there was two staff, like there was people serving people, but there was two other staff just like, standing and having a chat with each other and it was just like that's how quiet the bars were like it was Saturday night and nobody was buying a drink because they everyone already had like their own stuff that they could bring in there were bins everywhere there were water points everywhere like it was I, I was just so so impressed with like the the sustainable aspect of it I thought it was absolutely brilliant and then when we were leaving on Monday morning we were in the leave no trace campsite and when I say people left no trace like it, it it looked as if like the grass had barely been disturbed. Like it looked yeah. like it was just a field again. And I mean, you know yourself been to Irish festivals before and we didn't have a washout. So that, that does help. Like we had some rain on, on Friday, but 
you know yourself when you're leaving you're like oh god there's plastic cups everywhere there's people's crisp packets and cans and like it was just everybody in both campsites really took the leave no trace thing to heart because it would have actually been difficult to make a mess there because of all of the stuff yeah. they put in place for you to not be able to do that I thought it was smart so as think, well on the on the actual uh, on the way in they had a picture of a really bad campsite and essentially yes. like don't do this don't do this yeah bring your tents with you when you're going home which you'd imagine would be like the least that you could do but some people don't some people leave their camping chairs some people leave all all these things for other people to kind of deal with um but no I was so impressed and yeah I think the crowd was like a little bit older um I'd say everybody there was at least over 25 um but I'd say the average age would have been like 30 plus um which was nice as well because you know you just kind of yeah, that's Maybe a that's a that's a difference <laughs> for all the festivals we're talking about here because body yeah. and body and soul was like that. Um, Primavera was like that as well. Probably mm, a, mm. a lot of people in their late twenties, early thirties, uh, and later, um, like me, late thirties, uh, and yeah. and for Rinford it was like a much younger crowd as well, early twenties. Yeah, really. yeah. But like yeah. everyone was, I I saw, you know, it was all very respectful as well. Thankfully, so yeah. Um, I mean. <sighs> I have like basically only two issues with body and soul and they are so minor that I'll get them out of the way now. One is that they moved the beacon stage over to the left-hand side of the main stage, uh, which it was in a fine area. It just meant DJs that were playing there during the day couldn't really draw a crowd because the main stage was just there. And it's also the first thing you see when you walk out of the campsite. So you might be more inclined to like go for a walk around and see what else is on rather than hang around that DJ. But also that that stage plays really really late at night and it's right beside the campsite so <laughs> if they had to put it on the other side it that's not a problem so for most better. people Andrea it, like now when I tell you people went to bed early at Body and Soul <laughs> like it was I mean I people did. do you mean you um I mean me but I mean also like a lot of other people the campsite was like yeah. people were going to bed I was saying good night to people walking back to my what time did the music like, go on there um at the I'll tell you so. now at the beacon stage um so like two like the last act starting at 215 sort of thing so late um or last act starting at like 230 or something um which which is late enough if, if they're playing for an hour and then an extra half an hour of one more tune at the end like it, do, it does put you don't you go up. to festival go to bed though i'm sorry no i know <laughs> i know that nile but also i don't go to festivals to not sleep that's not the festival goer i am i like to do things during the day and i like to see bands and i like to sleep at night and it it was just like one one small tweak which would have been just leaving the beacon stage over at the other side where it was initially where was it before would have made it it used to be on the other side of the main arena before they moved. Oh yeah, when well, the they closed stage, that, I think. That, that entire area was much, was yeah, much smaller yeah. now. Cause so that's we're talking my... less than five thousand people. So therefore, that big second area where the big top was, the absolute yes. area, all the concession stands and stuff like that. Well, and that's, the that's my other issue. Place, yeah. Um, my only other issue, and I've absolutely no problem with there not being like big, gaudy, like Smirnoff stands at. at at, uh, at festivals but the only other issue was that there wasn't a great selection if you wanted to like buy a drink if you wanted to get like a nice drink you could basically only get like a gin cocktail or a whiskey cocktail and there wasn't really well the brand, there wasn't really much it was a Hennessy if you, area if, 
for the brand. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. Brandy, whiskey, the kind of dark liquors or whatever. There wasn't really much by way of like, if you just wanted to like get a cocktail, it was kind of just like the cocktail was like, have a whiskey and Coke or have a whiskey and orange or whatever, which for me was fine. But I was with someone who doesn't drink, um, like whiskey and she was like oh I'd like like a like a cocktail but there wasn't any for her which is again such a minor thing and it like these minor minor issues will go to show you like how well run the rest of the festival was because those are my only gripes with it um like it was it was so brilliant it was so well organized there was loads of like Wherever you went at any point on any of the days, there was uh, like loads of really cool, like queer stuff happening. There was a pride parade on the Sunday. There was a brilliant queer cabaret show on one of the stages on the Saturday, I think, um, with two gals called Wild Wild Geese, who were just so hilarious and brilliant. Um, There was a drag show as well, which is excellent. And then, yeah, the main stage stuff was excellent as well the best day was definitely saturday um saturday at the main stage was basically just go to the main stage for six and stay there um so it was cmat then pillow queens then mother djs then roshi and murphy i i bopped off for mother djs because i've seen them before and you can see them in dublin um and i went to see uh pop dungeon instead on one okay. of the smaller stages which is our pals louise bruton and ashton O'Riordan, uh which was great which was absolutely brilliant um and roshi murphy was really good like yeah she was good she had cool costume changes and stuff they maybe could have done with a screen on either side of the main yeah. stage um because if you wanted to see anything you kind of had to go up onto the hill or go really close to the front and if yeah you i actually have front, an issue with that stage and i think i think they need to address that because the second or third time now that i've been there with that stage third time i think and it used to just be in the hollow at the end of the hollow in the middle of mm. that uh, whole space and it felt i don't know the feng shui feels a little off and on sunday when the weather was so nice there was casting a shadow uh, the the actual stage itself cast a shadow over immediately over the first like oh meters. yeah I was at I was at kneecap on the Sunday and there was like a sliver of light coming through this one side of the stage and I just kept moving along with the light to stay in the sunshine yeah well that's um, it. I mean it's a big so that, consideration that was a problem yeah yeah and I think that the beacon stage is obviously when they moved it to that field in order to kind of address the the size and use it more. Yeah, but you can only alternate between the two. And I think I think where that worked well was late into the night when Beacon became its own thing and things like the, that Pagan yeah. Rave was on or maybe Optimal. Yeah, I didn't really know on. what to make of the Pagan Rave. I had such mixed reviews from people at the um, at the campsite about it. I was like, did you go to the Pagan Rave? I was like, I was there for the beginning and towards the end, like a few songs towards the end. And I liked it, but like... It, I don't know what was pagan about it except the costumes. Like I was, I was just like, I think that's, the word, that's it. The yeah, word but, pagan, I don't know, seems to be doing a lot of heavy lifting there. Maybe there's stuff I don't know about that. that well, yeah, I think in, it comes the from the Altona one in uh, Dingle. I think it's the same people who do that one. So yeah. It's very much, it's 
modernized a lot in the last few years and become yeah. a whole thing itself. I, I was but, just like, turn up the pagan, turn down the rave. And I think that would be a nice balance yeah. for this. But um, at that point in the night, a lot of people were just very excited to be dancing, I think. Yeah. Um, and maybe wouldn't have wanted a pagan thing. But I mean, I saw some Shannos dancing during the day, which is beautiful. Um, we saw some, what else did we see? Just like beautiful little things. I know readings. you a picture of the little book. Uh, the, the little book nook. I yeah. kept going back and um, the lady either wasn't there or there was somebody in there with her. Um, and I really wanted to get my little book recommendation, but I didn't. We had an appointment for a shamanic healing experience on the Sunday um, at three o'clock. And then at about 2.15, we decided that we were too scared to do it <laughs> <laughs> we didn't know how seriously it would it would be and we were we were just kind of a bit giddy at that this stage, wasn't so. the john hopkins thing was it because no was no no as well. no that was booked out um yeah. although i heard if you go up you can you could yeah. have gotten in but it was just listening to the to the album or whatever or whatever well um, i saw it i went in and had a look there was a lot of people lying down in an open tent and there was a guy yeah hitting something around them. And that was part of the whole uh, John Hopkins party. So, um, Lovely. There you go. yeah, I was, that's yeah, what was I happening. didn't, I didn't do much in the sanctuary. Actually, I went down for a look and it was beautiful. Um, and completely different vibe to the rest of the place. Like it was, it was all very serious and there are serious things happening and there are kind of, you know, yoga classes happening and stuff. Um, which, which I love, um, and good for them. And I had big plans to do them. And then I just, you know, how these things go, people don't want to do it or you don't want to do it or whatever. Um, but, uh, act of the weekend was CMAT. Like I include John Hopkins in that. I include Roshi Murphy in that when it comes to like stage presence, star power, she was even better than she was when I saw her in the Academy. The crowd like wouldn't let her get off the stage. She ran over time because they wouldn't stop singing "I Want to Be a Cowboy" at her um, while she was trying to introduce the band, and she kept <laughs> she, she kept being like she kept ca calling us very very bold words, and it just made everyone go even wilder. It was great, and even that night back at the campsite when you'd be talking to your neighbors, whatever, like you just hear people saying to each other, "Did you see Seamat? Did you see Seamat?" Like that was the big the mm. big draw of the day, and she was visibly moved, I think, by the. By the reaction from the crowd she seemed surprised that she drew such a big crowd as well um and then yeah on the sunday uh mary wallopers being the surprise act was absolutely brilliant and had a great little bop to them and yeah just bravo body and soul it was it was certainly the best run festival i've ever been to i know i haven't been to loads but like it was i i always felt safe and like as somebody who we've spoken on the podcast before as somebody who has a lot of anxiety about like crowds and just even camping in such in, in like a space with a lot of other people and being at, at gigs where there's a lot of people and a lot of drunk people in particular and people who might be like on drugs and I get a bit anxious about stuff like that. I always felt safe. Like I always, it didn't feel like there was a security guard ever too far away or a staff member ever too far away. If I did need something, the stages felt small enough that I could get out if I wanted to. And there was loads and loads and loads of quiet little spots to go and sit and regroup and have a chat with your pals, which are, as we know, the best parts of all festivals is. Yeah. When you find a little spot and you're sitting down, and you're just chatting shit for an hour and, and you miss 
a big band. <laughs> Definitely. And I think, you know, it's <laughs> worth remembering because, you know, across all the festivals I went to, um, there was definitely some good hang time um, mm. at, happened at it. Uh, well, a Primavera, I, unfortunately, CMAT was on a half five in the afternoon on the day two and it was just too early to, because they would have to go really early and then stay there and then it yeah. was just, you kind of, you have to make a decision about, well, like, am I going to go CMAT and then miss out on uh, a nice dinner or like uh, three more hours in the city do you know what I mean so I see what you mean yeah and then like there was no maybe nothing between CMAT and so, uh, for another three hours so you're like well we're gonna have to wait around here so we didn't I didn't yeah. I did miss CMAT then uh, at Primavera but all accounts were good Um, obviously a lot of Irish people showed up as, as you'd expect I think with Body and Soul I saw her were... tweeting that the uh, she could tell the Irish in the crowd because they were all over in the shade under like yeah. a tree or something. Absolutely. Funny. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I think Budding Sun on Sunday, certainly when I was there, suffered a little bit from some cancellations which weren't of their own fault, but I think they did yeah. well. Bringing the shame. Captain Mary Wallopers in, but Sam put the great. Definitely. Uh, pulled out uh, Mogwai lost all their gear but still managed to play uh, with yeah I didn't I didn't catch much of Mogwai because I, I wanted to stay and watch Mogwai there wasn't a whole you know big um, uh, effect on their sound that I could tell I mean they weren't as loud as I was expecting them to be um, and may- maybe if I'd stayed for the whole set I would have noticed them not having their own gear but I saw a bit of it but the people I was with kind of wanted to go and dance and I didn't want to be on my own so I went I went dancing. I saw, who was it on Sunday night that I saw? It was absolutely brilliant. And I'd say, I, I imagine you'd know her. Um, you see Remy Wolf? No. Um, I think Remy Wolf. Kelly Leones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kelly Leones is great. On the Woodland stage. Uh, was absolutely brilliant. Like, so, like, r- really great. Um, presence oh that was the day you were there wasn't it because you saw Donna. yeah i wanted to stay but i couldn't i couldn't yeah. stay i was driving home and i was like yeah uh, no she was on at quarter past 11 so it's quite yeah, late i left when um, mogwais were starting and that was my third festival in three weeks and i was like that's fair enough what? yeah that's enough. oh my girlfriend yeah was, she was she, she was absolutely brilliant um and then overhead the albatross were on after her but it was 1 a.m and i was tired so i didn't go to that <laughs> but look the really important question i want to ask you about your festival yeah. experience is what did you eat and, uh, <gasps> oh my god that's the other thing the food was stunning uh so i had these beautiful i had not just twice but from two different places so it's okay um beautiful vegan chili nachos beautiful did you go to Ixca? The Mexican place and that was yes. in food and board, yeah. Yes, that's where I got the the nachos and the, or not nachos, um, little like what would you what do you call them? Like little tortilla things. Yeah, just uh, on the first the day. Tacos, yeah. Oh my, yeah, tacos. Oh my god, like absolutely delicious. Really set the bar high for food for the weekend. That place, that was the first first thing we ate, um, because we brought down our, our own lunch for that day. We brought sandwiches, um, and it was fabulous. Like even the pizza from the Big Blue Bus was gorgeous like the food was oh, yeah. impeccable it was reliable. remarkable and like because i'm i'm vegetarian but i i mostly eat vegan like i'll eat vegetarian if i have to um but there was loads of vegan food for me to eat all of the stuff was like compostable and like easy to do so it was it was brilliant it was really great yeah the food was gorgeous what did you have did you have something from the mexican well I, the mexican place was the first place we went to since we were yeah. You're like okay i've heard about this and mm. uh, i want to go and uh it was lovely it was so nice really uh, lovely yeah just really good tacos and um you know they had some kind of quinoa 
chili thing in it as well as well as the the pork mm. and uh, and great and coffee chili. yeah oh, i didn't have any around coffee, the place in terms of drinks place beside Ixka, which um i would always like look oh, for the kombucha place yeah my goodness just the kombucha stand uh the cork guys uh they're great and they always i was driving on on sunday and it's really nice to be able to get a drink that uh isn't mm. you know uh seven up or a, well what what i thought of doing and then forgot to do uh which is annoying was they were doing um alcohol free like mocktails with their kombucha but with like ice and stuff because you couldn't get ice anywhere um and i was thinking oh we should get one of them and then bring it to the campsite and put our own spirits in it and then we have a cocktail put a bit bit of spirit in it if you want oh will they okay yeah yeah yeah, oh do do they oh i didn't even think but yeah Yeah. i was like oh we should do that and then we'll have like a nice cold because we were making cocktails at the tent like we brought stuff to make cocktails uh in our little reusable cups but like of course everything was warm and you couldn't get ice anywhere um so i did think to do that so next year i will absolutely do that um because next year i will 100 percent be going back to body and soul um i i really hope they keep it at five thousand. i really liked that level of people um made it easy to meet up with friends if you did get lost or anything not that i ever did but you know if you if you get separated or something go meet up with your pals and it's really easy um yeah. and it was brilliant it was the best run festival i've ever been at and um thanks right. for sending me body and soul because i didn't <laughs> have to buy a ticket um but they didn't make me say any of this either um so but, <laughs> did yeah, uh nice did you are you going to go to any other festivals this year? Do you think based that? Are you is that enough for you? I'm, yeah, that? no, I think I think I'm open to another love story. I think I'm open to that because that's smaller still, isn't it? It is. Yes, it's yeah. very small. Maybe five hundred max. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I think I think what I want is a festival where there's twenty people there. <laughs> I think that's my ultimate experience. Well, <laughs> it's as small as you, might, you might find uh, around the place, but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Just go and throw one in the park. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I think I'm I, I'm definitely open to that. I I I think up to up to five thousand. I'm like yeah. But I think I, hearing from everyone with Primavera, I know that there were issues in the first weekend this week, but. I think Primavera could be something that I do because you stay off site. Yeah. So I mean, that makes it. If you need it to get out of the environment, you can go. And And when I said uh, I spent the last three weeks sweating, uh, the many (laughs) in the last three weeks, because a lot of it is because I stayed in an apartment that, uh, well, I had blackout blinds, but it was just so warm. We were on the, we were on, we had a rooftop apartment and it was lovely. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But oh my God, I have never been so warm all the time. Um, But it was great as well. It was at the same time, it was great. So not something to really worry about too much, but just, yeah, everything was good. Everything was nice. Everything felt good. Good. All the festivals, nice to be back at a festival, feeling normal again. It was, you know, like even when, when we, as soon as we put up our tent and sat down in our chairs, I was looking around and I was like, because it had been a while since I'd been to a festival, COVID or not, you know, it had been a couple of years before that as well, because I had like a really bad experience at a festival that just set me off, um, not wanting to go to any anymore. And I sat down at the campsite and I was just kind of looking around, everyone else putting up their tents, few people starting to crack into their cans. The sun was out a little bit, like it had just stopped raining. And I was like, oh, I remember how to do this. I remember now (laughs) what this is like. And this is a really nice feeling to be at the beginning of a weekend of 
like good music and good food and people and sleeping outside and like it yeah it was it was really lovely great great yeah more more to come for me anyway uh before we before we move on to kate bush just to say uh here's some feedback from some of our, our discord regulars uh saz says uh about primavera first primavera and hopefully won't be the last but it may be the last of doing boat weekends that was a lot she did two weekends that is a serious yeah absolutely uh, like tr- trooper of the week goes to saz like what a legend doing both weekends. the first two people here actually did both weekends and i met owen o'sullivan actually on the last day and i was just like fair play to you for doing absolutely Gosh. everything uh Saz also the first week uh first few hours of the first thursday was genuinely hell on earth and, and genuine fearful there could be a dangerous crushing at any moment highlight that night was probably 10 pal breaking out into strokes last night as the crowd accused with bar finally showed some signs of release however it was really impressive that it turned around but a real shame for people only there for three nights staff were all lovely and good spirit throughout the whole festival was wiping under massive pressure and working long hours uh mentions the distance to the two stage was a bit off-putting as well which uh, is fair um and there was a car park stage which you mentioned the car park was a weird sweaty hot buzz for all the 20 minutes i could hack it now this this is a, at the nts stage at the festival and i re i we were trying to go a couple of times and i because i remember i went to the egyptian lover there a few years ago and it was so much crack but it was like oppressively warm in this underground car park so you were not mm. going to stay there for a lot longer oh that so, sounds uh, that sounds awful i'm sorry yeah well that's it i don't remember it being like that the last time oh, do you know what i mean I was why like, would you go to a be- one of the most beautiful cities in the world to go to an underground car park and listen to some music? i know like, but no. you are beside the sea and you're like oh, this could be a buzz and it, and, it, and it has potential but it's just it was way too warm uh, owen from the point of everything says site felt a little stretched this year and crowd too big but maybe that's us getting all used to the crowds again post pandemic he had some highlights uh, first night was a shocker due to slow bar staff but still got to see casey mudgraves and charlie xcx for a hard pivot to muscly metalers the armed uh ridiculous in the best way and fred again was just re- as rever- revelatory as i had been hoping for i actually did see fred again as well and jesse Ware. both of those were great um that was, i think that was the last day uh really enjoyed that uh uh, as you expect from Owen, he would say, Fontaine's DC killed it. <laughs> oh, Owen. And, and Lord was special. There's something yeah. so joyous about a big pop act like that and screams from the crowd. I loved it. And the food court was great, which is a good, good shout. I had some empanadas from there. Loads of choice, plenty of seating, and all covered Irish vessels. Please take note. Uh, Burnsy from the Discord says, went boat weekend. Burnsy has a good tip for people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the best timing for Metro would be 50 minutes. Um, and the vast majority of the time leaving the festival was hellish. So, yeah. Yeah. About f- don't, don't go further out than 50 minutes. I think so. I think that's probably the most. I was actually very lucky. Most nights we got a taxi home um, easy enough. And sometimes they didn't charge us. Well, most times they didn't charge us an ex- uh, exorbitant amount. It was only 12 quid in a taxi. But sometimes the. That's all right. Ta- Taxi guys were haggling and they were looking for 30 or 50 quid. So like, oh, it really just depends. Um, God, you know, I hate um, haggling. But see, here's the difference. Like Burnsy says, I never had an issue getting the free water from the additional stand whenever I saw them. I think I didn't, I didn't have the problem getting the water. It's just, I don't think they were well marked enough after being given out to for so much in the first few days. They really could have turned it around. Again, mentions nice food, uh, fried chicken, empanadas, Korean beef burgers in the food hall. That, mm. that, that really nice. All, also did two weeks. Uh, also the two, did two weeks, weeks were a great experience for a one-off. Three, whoever probably never do it do another festival for that length again and would also seriously reconsider how I do urban festivals in future. I'd almost certainly bring a blanket and something cushiony if I have any inkling that I'd be sitting down at any stage. Being sick when I got back has probably affected my views, but I'm just happy that I wasn't sick over there. Um, so, 
I mean, they did put a lot of, down a lot of AstroTurf on the main areas, which makes it a bit easier because in previous years, certainly people were complaining about it. Is AstroTurf not horrible to sit down on? Is that not that really awful? No, it was fine. It was a bit softer. It wasn't, it didn't feel like you, you would sit okay. down on it. It was okay. Yeah. Okay. And it also makes it a bit, I don't know, the uniformity of it all makes it a bit easier uh, in terms of no matter where you sit, you're kind of fine and people weren't mm. like, you know, there wasn't dirt everywhere either. So that helps. Uh, yeah. Seamus says uh, he was at Nos Primavera on the uh, the Thursday as well, and uh, uh, he said the best moment was walking in to see Happy Festival, crowds milling about after so long away. Didn't expect it to have such an effect on me. I was beaming for about 10 minutes until my cheeks hurt. Oh. Return of good festival vibes and mentions uh, Caroline Polacek as an example or a highlight. Uh, I would have loved to see her. Definitely one of the ones on Weekend 1 I really wanted to see. And uh, very much enjoyed. And actually, No Spring Vera sounds really nice. Says the grounds are it beautiful. Does. A more spacious Kilmainham with punters already sat on the hillside enjoying the sun. Four stages and a dance warehouse space, all at most five minutes away from each other. Uh, a caught spelling and a great Stella Donnelly set. Three of them four main stage acts on the first day are Australian, oddly. Um, Fiona, who I met at Primavera week two, who, uh, well, Fiona says, Strokes, Lord, Romy, can't wait for ATN set, sad, Banger Central, Jesse Wop. Jesse Ware, bop after bop. And he said Jesse Wop, bop after bop. <laughs> uh, Bicep and DJ Coco, great way to end as I was running out of steam at that point. Uh, the, I didn't attend. Well, actually, I did. I went. I ended up seeing the Beak DJ set on the Tuesday night because we ran into Root Mesber and all the Irish pals on the first night um, and ended up back at one of the uh, between festival gigs. Um, but Fiona actually properly went to see uh, the 4AD showcase, which uh, was Maria Somerville, Joy Clean, and Erica DeCassier, um, paid 15 in advance of guarantee access. The queues were long, uh, but I thought was that was to be expected. My friends queued at Razzmatazz had gone into Megan Thee Stallion and said it was unreal. Um, but that's great. That was I really enjoyed that. Yeah. She says, I enjoyed getting to Explore City a bit during the day. Ate very well. But getting to from the festival wrecked the buzz a bit. Surprising maybe miss crawling into a tent and staying into that festival bubble. <laughs> Made me excited to be back at Irish festivals. Very good. And finally, uh, Column says, um, someone told me DJ Coco, Coco opened with Kate Bush. I can't believe we were robbed on weekend one. Uh, <laughs> and his highlights were Little Sims, who I still haven't seen live yet. Tyler, 100 Gex, and even Kenny Beats, uh, where he was DJing uh, his, the stage collapsed. Um, uh, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it was a moment anyway. Uh, yeah. Grill's way better than I give him credit for it. I had next to no hype about it. And end up being one of my favorites most of the festival, like Yassine Bay coming out for Stylo. He also came out with Crying Bin as well, which I watched on YouTube earlier on today because I missed that. And seeing Megan Thee Stallion in the 2000 cab venue also in the running. So I think, cool. yeah, uh, the only other festival we haven't mentioned because we personally weren't there, but I was talking to another few pals who were there was the inaugural Beyond the Pale festival in Wicklow um, in Glendalough. And I think, uh, yeah, I heard good reports about it. Heard there were some sound issues and some generator issues during some of the main sets, like Bonobo and Orbital. But generally, uh, heard overall positive things about the first outing of that festival, which, you know, it is a hard thing to come back this year because, you know, I think there was mixed reports about festivals this year. So if you're on the fence about going to a festival this year, you know, be, be assured that any festival happening in the next few months uh, will happily uh, take your money and uh, give you a good mm. time, I'm sure. So, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks, everyone, in the Discord for your thoughts and for keeping us up to date uh, while you're away. I was having quite a bit of FOMO, but also very happy to see that people were 
having a good time. Um, yeah. I didn't do any of that when I was at Body and Soul because I don't have the Discord <laughs> app on my phone. Fair so play. I, sh- I should do that. I do. No, no, I, no, I should get it. Um, but yeah, thanks everyone for that. And if you want to join the Discord, um, go to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash nine and nine and join us. It's, it's really, we say it every week. It's a lovely buzz. It's a really it's nice a lovely buzz. buzz. Do you know what um, else is a lovely buzz? Do you know what else is a lovely buzz? What's a, lo- what, what, what's a lovely buzz? <laughs> the return of Kate Bush's Will Not That Hill and the fact that it's now number one in the I know. UK. Isn't Kate, it brilliant? Kate, 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 Kate. this has happened you know why it's happened stranger things has brought this song back in a big way using yeah. the episode uh, uh in one episode of the five seasons. i think yeah it was used twice actually but episode five is the is the big one where and uh, the character max uses it's uh, uses a totem uh for her favorite uh song to get away from this uh what's his name in it uh no monster the monster in it um so a version of run up that hill was used in the episode and a brilliant Uh, version as well i really hope that they release the that's that's it that's an additional one i don't think they will because that has the strings a lot of the time when you i like it yeah uh it has extra strings added to the montage on the on the show for extra effect Mm. um but certainly um it does. It's also used in the new tra- in the trailer for part two of the season. Oh, is it? So um, apparently, it's going to be the song. Is the song going to be shown again? Apparently, probably. That's what I, re- that's what I read today. It might. It might yeah. end up again being used. Yeah, so, but um, today, as we record, uh, Kate Bush was on uh, Auntie Beeb this morning on uh, Women's Hour, um, giving a very very rare um, interview. And I got really emotional when I started listening to it because she just sounds really happy, really overjoyed and really grateful that there's a whole new generation of kids who are discovering her. Like there was all this awful, like all all these awful takes, like at first when this whole thing was kind of first hitting of people being like, oh my God, I can't believe these kids don't know who Kate Bush is. But but like, come Come on, on. like cop on, stop gatekeeping good music from kids and also let kids discover music. Like, were were you born knowing who Kate Bush was? No. Um, So, and she seemed to put a lot of that attitude to rest. Like she was just, she was so grateful and enthusiastic about kids being, being into her. And I mean, like the, 
the idea of witch talk was brought up to her and, and she just said like, oh, that sounds ridiculous, but amazing. And I love it. So, yeah, it was just so great to hear her sound so happy and healthy and she's gardening and she's doing her stuff. Loves gardening, doesn't doesn't so have pleased. a kitchen disco dance anyway, by the sound of it. No, she doesn't. She doesn't have a phone that can receive emails, which I was really pleased to hear. Um, yeah, she just sounds great. I was really happy that she did that interview because like... She didn't have to. You could tell she didn't have to, but yeah. Well, I think she was just so into it, and she loves the show as well. And and what she said about it is like, uh, you know, I really liked people to hear a song and take from what they want. But originally, it was written as the idea of a man and woman swapping each other just to feel what it was like from your side. And um, set goes on to say uh, by featuring running up that hill in such a positive light as a talisman for Max. Uh, song has been brought into the emotional arena of her story. I'm overwhelmed by the scale of affection and support the song is receiving and all that's happening really fast. It's been driven along by a kind of elemental force. That was a statement she uh, released last week as well. But I thought mm. it would be nice to just give the song, you know, not that it, as like, okay, this song is like one of my favorite songs of all time anyway. Um, and I'm delighted to hear it back again. But I thought it'd just be nice to give it a bit of time, give it its flowers and just discuss it a little bit and what's so great about it. Um, certainly, did we talk about it on our Kate Bush episode, which is one of the oh, first must. episodes we must have, that we sure did when, when I joined the podcast. I think maybe like the third or fourth episode we did was yeah, around her have. birthday. And we did... We talked talked about some Kate Bush songs, but I can't remember. That was twenty eighteen now, so I think we're we yeah. can we can have a, a little chat about definitely so much. So I guess you know, I mean, it's a very affecting song. I think one of the reasons why it works so well in Stranger Things is because of uh, obviously Stranger Things music is known for uh, the theme song by the band Survive, and there's actually a lot of similarities between that kind of eighties inspired. John Carpenter since horror score and the music of Kate Bush. Um, here is a is a little bit of a song from uh, Kate Bush's uh, Hounds of Love album, same album that uh, gives us Running Up That Hill. And this is called Waking the Witch. And you'll hear essentially what sounds like an audio horror happening. So there's a very like very much a growling demonic uh, uh, demonic voice in that that uh, you know kind of speaks to. I wouldn't be surprised that it ends up getting used in the finale for Stranger mm. Things. Well, it's so suitable to it. But I guess the other thing about it, you know, is that you know that song, the synths on that song, and and a lot of this uh, Hounds of Love album, especially, you know, uh, it works so well because it does tie in with the musical landscape of what survive have done um you know the darkness the there's a lot of that kind of stuff there's a song on the album called uh, after ice as well or under ice sorry which was uh has a similar vibe to it uh, but i think run up that hill as the well. whole the whole side b is is quite yeah, um yeah, yeah, horror yeah. driven yeah it is yeah yeah it's got its own little encapsulated um section really narrative um, yeah yeah so so the thing about running up that hill as well, um, I think, you know, she actually mentions it in the BBC interview 
today was talking about the Fairlight synth, a digital synthesizer sampler and workstation, uh, which she had used in 1985 uh, on this song as well. And there's a lot of these kind of synth pads and things like that that you can hear in the song, which, you know, are very modern. They're very modern techniques. And I think they they have lasted a long time. And every now and again, you get those kind of, if you just think about the elements of this song, this kind of synthy pads that happen in the song, these also the um, the Lindrum, the drum machine that's used, I, I, that is a machine <clears throat> that is used an awful lot. Now, it, as well as the, the drum itself, the drum machine itself, um, there's a great um, video that Vox have made on uh, over the years. Um, they've done a great series, but one called How a Recording Studio Mishap Shaped 80s Music. Until 1979, that's when Peter Gabriel was recording his third solo album. His Genesis bandmate Phil Collins was on the drums playing a simple beat. And here's where something magical happened. So according to their engineer, Hugh Padgham, they had a brand new recording console with some cool features that included a mic hanging in the studio to talk to the band. That mic accidentally picked up Phil's drums and the result was this thick, punchy reverb that disappeared in an instant. The reason? Well, the mic had a heavy compressor on it, which reduces the volume of loud sounds and amplifies quiet ones. It sort of crunches a waveform. And the console had a noise gate, which only lets amplitudes above a certain threshold pass through. And then it immediately shuts off. The result was such a crazy sound that Peter Gabriel wrote his album opener, Intruder, around it. Now, if you don't know Intruder, you'll certainly recognize this, made by Phil Collins and Hugh Padgham a year later. Details how basically the gated reverb sound um, has it came into fruition, um, but the Lindrum and, and, and the gate of reverb technique, a lot of it was used on uh, big 80s pop hits. Again, obviously this show, if set in the 80s, has a lot of that kind of um, audio tapestry on it. So I'm thinking about like songs like Queen, Radio Gaga, um, Miami Sound Machine, Dr. Beat, uh, Prince, When Doves Cry. Inner City, Good Life, Madonna, Burning Up. A lot of these songs, Matumi, Juicy Fruit, a lot of those songs. Aha, Take On Me. Have the Lindrum as part of its you know main instead of live drums so it really in terms of defining an era those kind of sounds really do define that era and yeah. uh, she was also a pioneer of kind of electronic sampling in in popular music as well and sort of like s- seamlessly blending it with 
like pop styles. Like yeah, this. I mean, she was an eccentric artist for and still is because she she she, she came out the gate eccentric. So it it was kind of like anything she did would be accepted because if your first song is Wuthering Heights, you can't you can go anywhere from there because it was so left field. Like it was like where the hell is she gonna go? But then on the but the, on this album in particular, it was really the first time that we heard. Um, we heard her kind of blossom with with all of this like electronic sampling equipment that she was obsessed with and really you know excited by and excited to use in her music and it was really lovely to hear her in that interview today talk about you know she was saying the world right now is very difficult but it's also so wonderful with the advancements in technology and she wasn't only talking about music you know she she mentioned you know scientific um breakthroughs in medicine you have to think that she's talking about the the covid vaccine there among other things but it was really nice to hear that she's still excited about the future of technology in the music space as well because you know once a pioneer always a pioneer once a once a music tech geek always a music tech geek and i think that she'll always be that um i think that's really nice that was a really nice little element in the in the in the interview today that she is keeping an eye on interesting music that's happening now um which is so nice and of course it isn't the only time that this song has um had a return certainly it's the biggest return the song has had but in 2012 the song was actually reworked for the london olympics and as uh kate mentioned in that interview sometimes she does uh, revisit those songs although she said she hasn't heard this song prior to this in quite a while uh but a re-recorded version of this song which is also on spotify which you can hear uh, was released in 2012 uh, for the London Olympics. Key differences in the song is, well, the song is in a different key. It was newly recorded. Uh, it was transposed down a semitone to fit uh, Kate Bush's uh, lower vocal range at the time in 2012. Uh, and then it was used in the closing ceremony of the Summer Olympics. Uh, but So completely new recorded vocals and also moves the outro hook, which I love, to the start. Uh, but a very different vibe here. So I'm going to it uses a backing track of the extended version of the 1985 12-inch single, so just a slightly different version, so let's play a bit of that. that's a bit of the 2012 version and uh, if anyone is listening and you know i've saw i've obviously seen 616 million uh, plus uh, views or or plays of this song on tiktok alone so i mean one of those actual kind of like the fleetwood mac dream thing except for much bigger because it's a bit much bigger cultural moment it's harder to have a cultural moment in 2022 than it used to be because of the fractured uh, way in which we uh 
take in uh, media and we take in uh, songs but like tiktok has a lot to answer for here and certainly the show combined with tiktok and its use has really helped it spread far and beyond and i've seen some very funny things that are like here's the house remix here's the techno remix here's the tech house remix here's the r&b version you know what i mean but if you're looking for good remixes i'm going to tell you two right now two long established ones that every dj needs are the ashley beetle one and the Patrice Bommel one, which are both great. They're both extend the song to like seven and a half minutes and just really amp up the percussive parts of it. So here's a bit of the Ashley B. So really, that Ashley Beetle one is more just an edit than anything else. It just does lovely things with the lovely textures in that song. It's like, I love the the way that these chugging guitars you use, and it kind of use a lot of the phrasing and uh, the effects, the vocal effects to a nice use, and then kind of just amps up some of the, the rhythmic elements of it as well, without, without changing anything drastically. And I think that's the best way. You don't really want to mess with this song too much at all. And <laughs> so... Absolutely uh, good examples of that. But uh, anything else you want to add on on running up that hill for now? Nope, just go listen to it. Um, and if you are someone who is younger, hello. Um, and also, uh, we do have a an episode on. Uh, it was underrated Kate Bush tracks. Um, ah, yes, that's I'd recommend I mean, listening to that. Um, but also, Kate's worth getting into if uh, even if you're not younger and you're just someone who never really got around to listening to Kate Bush um Hounds of Love is uh, an excellent uh album to start with but there are others too um go forth enjoy report back to us tell us tell us how you feel about it um but she is absolutely worth getting into she's one of a kind and she's um probably my favorite artist of all time and um, so what, what a legend i think those yeah. gigs in london are the only ones i actually regret never i think i, I i've never best not to think about it something so much yeah but <laughs> yeah. look whatever whatever that I wasn't the right time for me to see yeah kate bush then so maybe maybe it'll happen again maybe it won't but if it doesn't yeah. that's fine I, it's like the way i don't even need to watch the music video even though the music video for the song is great because it's just like it's yeah the song is evocative enough as it is that i don't really yeah. need anything else I think her her hair and her clothes in the Running Up That Hill music video. Actually, no. My favorite Kate Bush, like my favorite that she's ever looked in a music video is the Hands of Love music video in the with the big curly hair and the blazer jacket. And I just think that that's what I want to look like forever. I'm, I'm <laughs> gonna get a perm this summer, basically. That's what I'm gonna that's what I'm saying. Yeah, um, do it. Sorry, you were gonna ask me something there. Uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you uh, what you thought then of uh, the other big uh, new hit. Uh, the new Drake album. No, of course not. I'm not going to ask no, you about the Drake You always album. do this to me. Why do you do <laughs> I'm not going to do it to you. But I do, I, I w- 
I want to ask you about the Beyonce album. And before I do, or yeah. the Beyonce song, I'm going to ask you yeah. about the Beyonce song. Before I do, I'm going to tell you that I listened to the Drake album, so you didn't have to. And Thank you. you would absolutely hate it, I think. And, uh, <laughs> would I? Why would I hate it? it? Oh, it's just so bland. I found it really bland. It's It's like... A man devoid of ideas, that's what it sounds like to me. He barely raps on it and he's there's some awful lyrics on it as as you'd expect. But mostly it's just like, okay, he's got some house music a bit more now, a bit and then everyone's like, Oh, it's house music season, everyone's using house because Beyonce has uh sampled a house uh song on her new song as well. So mm-hmm. they're like, Oh, well, everyone's like, Well, it's house music is back. I was like, sorry, house music never went anywhere. Americans are just weird about dance music. The, the music that they actually uh, created. Niall, I think you're made. referring to EDM. EDM, sorry. You mean EDM? <laughs> like they literally started Chicago, uh, like house music in Chicago and Detroit, and they then pretend like it's some exotic yeah. thing that they. Why they not claim that? They love claiming yeah. other people's stuff, like their <laughs> land and stuff. Like, why not just claim? House music for yourself. Well, I think you know? Drake is is a uh, game for claiming anything as his own if he wants. So well, uh, well, Beyonce. Should we take a listen himself. to the Beyonce track? Go on, so go on. Let's so. do it. Okay, so this dropped yesterday, um, so um, Tuesday, Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday this week, a uh, song is called Break My Soul, the album Renaissance is out on July 29th, and um, certainly this song samples two uh, songs, one, Robin S, uh, his big dance hit, Show Me Love, which is one that's been sampled a lot recently, I guess, but it's used in a much more fractured or, or individual way that you can't quite recognize it, but it does have the same, it's the same. Same tones, same synth tones are in it. And then Big Frida, who was also uh, appeared in uh, Formation in 2016, uh, their song Explode, the New Orleans bounce artist also, as you can hear on that song as well. So produced by Beyonce The Dream, Tricky Stewart uh, and Jay-Z. So what do you think it is, Andrea? I think, I, I think I'm feeling a lukewarm. Mm, six or five on maybe i think i'm largely uninterested in it i'm so sad like i love beyonce and i do not blame her for like i think it's fine i think it's probably a good decision like a good business decision on her part to move into this sound and this space but i don't know i don't find the melody engaging I've I have a lot of problems with the lyrics. Um, I think it's a lot easier to quit your job if you're Beyonce Knowles, um, mm. and to kind of have that sort of like, oh, let's just all be free, let's all quit our jobs. Um, yeah, but well, you know, 
it's well there's there's a lot of other stuff maybe we'll do an episode about it um there's just a lot of other stuff about her like not coming to the table when there was looking like there was going to be like industrial uh action and stuff with within like her companies and and places that she's worked with and stuff so i just i'm I'm just a bit like "Mm, beyonce mm, no um we all have the same number of hours in a day, including Beyonce. Come on. I know, I know. But she, I mean, she she never said that, but it kind of just, this just no, feels a bit like, I don't know. It feels a bit nothing. Are you saying Beyonce is out of touch? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I mean, Beyonce's been out of touch since she was in Destiny's Child. There's no way you could remain in touch if you're Beyonce, and that's fair. I don't yeah, begrudge her that. But like, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm not excited by this. It sounds like a lot of other, like, dance or house music that I've heard over the years that I have also found uninteresting. Um, I, it's the melody that gets me. I just don't really like her voice on this song. And I don't find the the music itself very interesting, and it doesn't bring me any joy to. Oh, excuse me. See, I'm 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 wrecking the gaff. It doesn't bring me any joy to say any of that um, because I love her, but this uh, this ain't it. Yeah, I guess the, my point about the, the the, this song is like, okay, it's the first single off the album. It doesn't feel like it. It feels like a, a song that was like maybe tied into something like a TV show or a film. Yeah, or I agree. Yeah. More like that. So, but or, then again, or, or like, like a placeholder, like in between albums or something. It yeah. doesn't feel like a big statement. Could we, I mean, but are we expecting, do do we should, is it fair for us to always expect big statements? You know what I mean? From uh, Well, I, like I, I think it is from an artist like Beyonce who like, in order to release this song, had this whole social media strategy of like deleting all of her, um, profile pictures across all, all her social media accounts and then like just being very cryptic on social media deleting old posts and stuff knowing that fans will get all up in a frenzy about that and yeah I think it's fair to expect a bit of a statement after she does all of that like obviously with her self-titled album and with Formation they were drops um so we like we didn't know that the self-titled album was going to come out and like I, I feel like that that kind of worked very well for her. Um, maybe maybe we're just not used to having a, a Beyonce kind of um, like promo cycle in, in the run up to an album because we haven't had one in so long. Um, but yeah, I, I, but it's the song for me is just un, uninteresting. If it came on and I was, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, if it came on and I was at a, like one of the tents, one of the dance tents at the festival of the weekend, I'd be like, yeah, it w- it wouldn't give me the same feeling of joy as if I heard like any other Beyonce song, um, even remixed and or whatever. Just wouldn't. I just don't really feel like she's saying that much to me that I can. Like every time in the song, she tells me to quit my job. I'm like, I, I talk, like why? Why are you telling me that? Like, what what is the purpose? A character. Of you? I'm playing a character. Yeah, but like, what are you playing a poor person? Like, what like <laughs> what is it that you're doing here, Beyonce? Like, if you want to do something for workers' rights, you can do something for workers' rights. And I don't think this song is it. Um, yeah, it's yeah, just it just feels a bit tonally strange. They work me so hard. Um, and I was like, yeah, you, your company. Who's them. working you hard? You're your own boss. Like, I don't know. And again. Like I love Beyonce and I've defended a lot of her kind of decisions in the past when it comes to this kind of stuff. But like, I just think that this is tonally a bit of a misstep for me. 
Um, well, it'll be interesting to see what the album is like as well. Oh yeah, I'm still very excited for the album. Um, and if it is a kind of a disco record, I hope that there's more interesting compositions on it um, because the beat here doesn't do anything for me either. I, it's I, interesting I, that the Pitchfork review of this track kind of frames it as some sort of like Beyonce is here to shake us out of our like quarantine insomnia and our like um, No, Dua Lipa already did that. Yeah. Well our, our <laughs> like, big our big like post pandemic like she's gonna she's gonna sort it all out for us kind of thing. It's like mm, and then Okay. I haven't read with, that review. Yeah, combined with like uh you know her attempt to assuage uh, widespread depression and crushing stress while acknowledging the predicament in which many of our non-zillionaire listeners find themselves. Uh, so I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I, I don't know if you should be like applauding people for acknowledging predicaments of the working class. Like it's not, <laughs> that's not good enough. I'm sorry. But like, no, I think I, the wider <laughs> point is, and it's something that we were like the discord brought up yesterday. So like some summer uh, discourse isn't really very, uh, um, obvious at the moment because I think it, we're still in a strange time. I think you know while we 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 got back to festivals and we we were out with gigs again. People are still getting COVID. My friends are still getting COVID as well. Absolutely. And, and if people aren't ready for like the full on like all this Roaring Twenties stuff that people kept talking about. Like it obviously didn't happen. And those no. things are are happening in retrospect, not in the moment. But and we're still very much in the moment here, coming out of our shells. So and I think that's okay. And. Maybe so. what we needed was a, an album of Beyonce bops and Drake bangers. Like who knew? But like maybe not. But maybe we'll find out. But certainly the Drake yeah. one just do it for me. But um, look, uh, more than anything, I'm just happy that uh, we all got out. The two of us especially got out, and yeah. all the Discord lads got out, and we all had fun. Yeah, and, me too. You know, back to it. Me. Back to it. Um, back to it now. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks to everyone for contributing your thoughts on all of the festivals that you've been to. And as well, there was a lot of um, lovely reviews of gigs that we didn't get to read out um, from over the past little while. So do join the, the Discord if you enjoy reading reviews from other people yep. of gigs Good you might have been at. Good reports of Phoebe Bridgers as yeah. well on Monday. Loads and loads of just chats as well. Oh, yeah. I started a little book thing, a little book uh, channel in there that I need to go and update uh as well so yeah it's, it's a lovely spot um uh well, well patreon.com forward slash yeah patreon. patreon.com forward slash um and if you want to email us podcast at nile nine uh dot com uh we'd yeah. love to hear from you lovely so we're gonna be back next week talking about our favorite music of the last month as well um I'm going off to see Primal Scream tonight, actually, as it happens. Enjoy. Doing Screamadelica in full. A uh, bit of a, I, I presume. I thought Screamadelica was going to be in the Aviva tonight. That's a Harry Styles joke. About, about, teen, um, about teen girls. No. If you're going to Harry Styles tonight, have a great time. Have a bop. Have, just have a lovely time. Um, and I'm not jealous at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, Andrea, go and go go forth and uh, and uh, grow your hair and get a perm into <laughs> maybe maybe Kate Bush's uh, song, maybe run up the hills song of the summer. Maybe that's like that's. I I, I I think like no matter what happens this summer, running up the hill is a song of the summer. I think there's no way of escaping it, uh, and that's fine by me. I am never going to get best summer ever. Get annoyed with that song or pissed I'll never off be sick of it. Never. never, it will never happen. Never. So, um, okay, thanks everyone. We'll see you next right. week. Bye. Bye.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.